You're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. In each episode, you'll hear about the market opportunities and trends driving the industry forward. TechNest is proudly produced by Finn Ledger in partnership with HW Media. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Welcome back to the TechNest podcast. I'm excited for this episode. Okay, I'm going to start with this. Security deposits, just when you talk about it, it doesn't sound all that exciting. And just bear with me here. We're not talking about replacement products. We're actually talking about somewhat good old-fashioned security deposits. But perhaps there's a better way of handling security deposits. Like what if renters could do a normal security deposit, but then they needed access to that money mid-year. And instead of doing like a payday loan or buying things on a credit card or, you know, putting their friends, you know, on the hook for some cash, they could actually borrow against their own security deposit seamlessly and then have an installment plan to pay that back. Not only that, they would get paid interest on the money that's sitting in their account where their security deposit is and making it easy for landlords to stay compliant and get the money back to tenants. Well, that's what we're going to talk about with Shannon Balance, the CEO of Roost, a fintech blurred into prop tech startup that's been at this since February 2021. They're making a lot of ground in a very short amount of time. So let's jump in and hear what she has to say. Hey, Shannon, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We finally we got to make this happen. You know, we're both in technology. Took a couple times, yeah. <laughs> right. And we, we're solving problems with technology all the time. And yet here, technology technology has one up on us. They, they, it, it beat us on our last attempt, but I am confident that this is going to work out okay. Agreed, agreed. Highly confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to kick off our show as we always do. Uh, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah, great. Uh, Shannon Balance, CEO of Roost. And we are a company that provides outsourced deposit management and financial wellness for residents. Okay, we're going to have to unpack all of that here because there's just so much in there. But first, before the show, you mentioned uh, kind of being in Vancouver, Washington and San Francisco, kind of splitting your time. I'm mostly interested in Washington. Do you have a favorite mountain (laughs) of the Northwest? Oh, geez. I, I love Mount Hood. There it is. Yeah. Okay. When you when we go up into Washington, it's like bright, big, right there on the vista, and uh, watching the snow variation throughout the year is amazing. There is something I think that if you've never lived in the Northwest, to see those mountains the way they sit amongst the green forests and then maintain being snow capped year round, is a, a level of inspiration that is very difficult to describe. How those mountains can capture you, I've experienced it myself and look forward to it every time I visit. Well, back to the, the our regularly scheduled okay. <laughs> program. Let's talk about Roost. But back to Roost. Back to Roost. Back to Roost. Talk me through what is if you had to summarize it. You know, what is the problem that Roost is really out to solve for? 
ultimately it's financial wellness for renters. We want to bring stability and financial progress. And so we've identified, you know, an asset, if you will, the uh, security deposit that we know we can make um, more flexible, uh, enable renters to leverage it and really use it to get ahead. And simultaneously, we're saving properties money, uh, reducing overhead and um, de-risking their compliance. Let me ask you this, and this maybe is a very uh, high level question, like very far removed from the practical thing. And, And maybe I'm bucketing you too much here. So tell me, why should a prop tech company be focused on financial wellness? I'd say we're probably more of a fintech company, uh, honestly, um, in that when you look at the products that we're offering renters, allowing them to save money, smooth out cash flow and build credit, uh, that is the primary area of monetization and growth. Um, and there's an incredible amount of technology wrapped around that. Uh, those sound like simple functions, but they actually take a lot. Now, our channel, of course, is uh, multifamily. Um, and we do offer a product that really is a win-win for both properties and renters. But when you look at the the weight of it all, it's definitely in in financial. Got it. Yeah. And, and certainly the the lines between prop tech, fintech, some even separate out real estate kind of blur, tech, right? you know, and I work for an insure tech yeah. in prop tech, but I'm not even sure which is which anymore. It's all just this kind of blur yeah, Fair it looks enough. like my drawings as a child with mm-hmm. crayons. Uh, it's just a mixture of colors everywhere. So walk me through a little bit, though, practically speaking. Mm-hmm. How does this work? Yeah. Well, let, let's say you're, um, you're renting an apartment and you fill out your lease application online. And as soon as you're approved, you automatically get a message from Roost to pay your deposits. And it could be your security, your pet. Maybe you have a refundable storage deposit. And the great thing about it is it's a modern financial experience. So you can split it with your roommates. You can pay in various forms, you know, whether it's PayPal or Visa or your checking. And this is, this is already a big difference than a lot of rental experiences today that still require a money order or worse yet, like a cashier's. Well, I don't know. It's probably equally bad, a cashier's check. When's the last time you had to find one of those? I'm not even sure where, right? But a lot of properties. It's Chicago. Wait, 2019. Right? Yes, 2019. <laughs> I was in Chicago uh, for the weekend because I just joined Avail and I had two days to find an apartment before I flew back so that we could plan our move and move to Chicago. And I found the only underpriced unit that would meet, met all my criteria because this agent was old school and didn't know how to market it and it was impossible to find. And then the only way to secure the unit was to literally get a cashier's check and then slip it into a little slot that sat on the floor behind glass that was clearly visible. Hmm. You know what I mean? I put it in an envelope and all, but still it was just, I, I literally just kind of, well, here goes nothing. <laughs> Threw a right. cashier's check on the floor of an office that, you know, I didn't know anything about. You're like, hope they get it. Well, and, and the insane part is, right, you know, we do a lot of um, surveying and, and so forth. And so 92% of our renters tell us that on a daily basis, they're using digital apps to move money, Venmo, Zelle, right, PayPal. And then to have to go get a cashier's check is pretty insane. Um, and so the experience in paying your deposits and being able to share it with your roommates and get protection for pet deposits and so forth is, is kind of your first experience with Roost. But it gets better because once you're actually in the um, rental, you have access to that money. We pay renters interest. 
they can track it and see where it's at at any time. And then if they get into a bind, if you need a little cash, um, perhaps you have an emergency expense pop up, you can tap into your deposit, take some money out, cover your expense, avoid hopefully a late fee, right, of some kind, and then pay it back to yourself conveniently over 90 days. So it's a really great way to smooth out cash flow. Okay, so we, I want to go further into that because this yeah, is interesting to me. This is not a um, this is not like the other security deposit replacement products that are out there. Not at all. And so I want to get into that, but I want to hit you with the devil's advocate first. Okay. Why can't I just use Venmo to pay? A lot of a lot of the properties won't even accept it. They're going to make you go get a cashier's check, right? And even if you pay, like you can pay. Uh, we'll have Venmo later this year, so you'll be able to pay Roost with Venmo, um, but. The, the big piece of it is, right, we have over 100 partners inside the app that are giving our renters discounts. You can use that money, right? We're allowing you a mechanism to take it out and to repay it. And you can't do that with Venmo, mm -hmm. right? And then when you move out, nope. right, um, you see your itemization of how much interest you've earned, any deductions and the descriptions and the details, because a lot of renters don't get that today. And then your final refund is sent back to your account within a couple of days. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the borrowing, essentially borrowing from your security deposit. Okay. So when I send in, when I pay my security deposit through Roost, that money is going, yeah. is it going to essentially into an escrow account or is it going to the landlord? Where is that money going to? To Roost. Yeah. We're holding it. Okay. Um, yeah. In a, um, yeah. Depending on the state or jurisdiction, there's different holding requirements, but sure. we're holding that money, which enables us to kind of facilitate that that tapping into it and and uh, the process for you repaying it back. Got it. And and in a, in, a, in a city like Chicago, which requires that it goes into an account that accrues interest and is payable back to the mm -hmm. tenant, this actually ensures that the landlord, whether they're required to or not, is compliant then following city requirements with you know Absolutely. providing that interest back. Um, which, you know, in Chicago, I think it's something like if the landlord doesn't put the money into uh, an interest bearing account, it's something like a two to three months of rent penalty if uh, they're found to, to not be doing that, which is a, you know, considerable penalty. Okay, so then now the money is in roost and shoot, tenants uh, transmission blows. It's a thousand dollar fix, right? They've only got half the money to cover that. Mm -hmm. How do they tap their deposit? and? Walk me through how that would work. Like, wouldn't that leave the apartment unsecured or or now like half as much deposit available if, you know, the tenant were to skirt out and suddenly there's only half the money there? No. Um, as, so that's part of risk benefit, right? So the, the property's not taking any risk. Uh, we're subordinated to the property. Um, typically, you know, somebody's not allowed to take out their entire deposit, right? It's tapping into a proportion of it because we know on average um, renters either, you know, get somewhere between usually 60 to 100% of their deposit refund, right? Now, there's a category that doesn't, but quite a few do. And then um, you have three installments to pay it back, so over 90 days, which is which is really great because you can always get like a two-day paycheck advance, but then it just has to come out your next paycheck, right? So it, you don't have a lot of time to absorb it in your cash flow. Well, yep. with Roost, you have over 90 days. Um, and then um, per your payment plan that you agree to, we just uh, take it out of your checking account and put it back in your deposit wallet. And it's there for you. And you can use it as many times as you want during the lease, right? So uh, we have people uh, tell us that their number one use is often if they're short on rent, um, late on a utility bill is pretty popular. And then medical and pet are the, uh, the next category of most common need. 
The thing I, I appreciate about this is that, uh, and you, you mentioned it, the payday loans or paycheck advance uh, cycle is really mm-hmm. difficult for when people get caught in that. It's hard to break out to of. get out of it. And you know, I, I actually had a tenant in our uh, one of our commercial properties, and they were just habitually late. And I was trying to figure out like what's going on. Why is this tenant always late? And you know, it was something of of their payment schedule of how they got paid. And so I worked with we worked with them to to split the payments over the month, basically. And that was enough for them to get just the added relief because now they're not paying the late fee every month. Now I'm probably a bad landlord right. for that, right? I'm supposed to collect the late <laughs> fee and call it a bonus. But it was clearly like, hey, something here isn't right. And so let's make some adjustments here. So so they can take the money out. They get three payments to pay it back. Is there a fee on that borrowing of the money? No, it's no interest, no late fees, no hidden craziness. I mean, there is a subscription. Um, so you upgrade your subscription to Bruce. You start out with a freemium product, which pays you interest. You can track it. You get the savings, the fast move out. But if you want to tap into it, you want to build credit, which we can talk about in just a second, and get some of our premium partner deals. Um, it's called our Blue subscription. It starts at $2.99 a month. So super affordable. So um, in most scenarios, we are considerably less than putting it on your credit card. We're considerably way less than the typical you know, payday loan that you know has a 400% APR. Um, and it's your money, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, for access managing it back and forth, there is a, a subscription, but it's super friendly. And, and you know, 63% of America is living paycheck to paycheck, right? And over half the labor market are, is an hourly wage earner. And that usually means there's some inconsistency in how much you make from week to week. Um, so this, this product um, saves people hundreds of dollars a year, right? I got to ask, what, what is the journey that leads you to, to doing this? Oh, yeah. People ask me that. So, um, you know, at this point, I'm considered a serial entrepreneur, right? Because I've started, built and sold a few companies. And they're like, why are you doing another one? And so I usually respond and say, well, I grew up really poor. (laughs) Um, You know, like not sure if you'd have weekend uh, food on the weekend kind of poor. And we moved around a lot. We were always winters and financial instability was something I grew up with. So to be able to create a product that can help so many people in America is truly meaningful to me. And once you have financial stability, that's when you can begin to make financial progress, right? If you're not stable, you can't even think about the things you need to do to get ahead to make progress. Mm-hmm. And properties really actually want stable financial renters. I mean, what you're doing, you know, okay, maybe you might be missing a late fee, but you're hopefully keeping a renter for a long time in that apartment of yours or that house of yours, and you're not having to turn them over, right? And you want you want that stability among your renter base. Yeah, I I directly relate to that angle. Uh, I used to have that conversation, you know, it, with some friends of you know, there's times when you're in survival mode, and uh, when you're in survival mode, it's very difficult because every little bit is for everything that's requirement. You know, there's not much more outside of that. So to help people, uh, hopefully, be able to have the legs up to to break that. Uh, you know, <laughs> sharing a story recently about uh, donating blood plasma for two years to buy a car uh, when you I was living that? in the Northwest. Oh yeah, you yeah, did every, that. Oh. Uh, twice. Yeah, t- twice a week, six a.m. I'd be at BioLife sitting there for 45 minutes, reading a book, pumping away literal life out of my veins for a very small amount of money to save up to buy a car, you know, and 
it it was a challenge and got through it, but, uh, you know, certainly would have appreciated some other ways, methods <laughs> to be able to, to cross Maybe a little less some plasma. of those gaps there. <laughs> um, you know, for those yeah. who are asking or wondering, look, if you absolutely have to, it's available, yeah. but I do not recommend it. I don't think My the long-term benefits are kind of all that. About it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's really so, hard. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, okay. So there's a subscription here. Talk to me about the subscription model. What are the different levels of the subscription? How much are they and who's paying that subscription? Yeah. Um, so the subscription model is, um, today, you know, we're, we're still a fairly young company. So today is, um, starts at two ninety nine, but it's tied to ultimately, um, kind of levels of the deposit you're unlocking. Um, what was the next question you asked me? Like who's paying? Oh, well, the renter, the renter is paying for it. So they, they would pay okay. that subscription. Right. Um, and then, like I said, they can cancel any time. So think about it. Like you can take a draw, use it for two months, pay it back if you wanted to pay it back early, right? And then cancel. Or you could just keep it going and keep using that money. Oh, I see. I see. So the subscription only comes into play when they need to leverage the deposit. Um, yes. And so um, there are other benefits in the membership subscription, but they're, if, if that's the main reason they're using it, they could certainly cancel it. Got it. And so this is actually, and and, and this is where I was uh, thinking it was going to go because the current uh, security deposit replacement models, there's basically two common models. There's a credit authorization model and there is an insurance model. And both of them from the start has a monthly fee throughout the year. Don't forget about the bonds. Okay. I, I You're going to have to educate me there. You're going to have to fill me in. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, no, it's just, it's just like, like Jetty and uh, Rhino are bonds and like lease lock is the insurance one and Obligo is like the credit. So they're, you know, we call them like all different flavors of the same ice cream, right? But the, the big difference is, um, you know, that you as a property are still having to do traditional deposits. And then you bring in one of these other products and it's elective, right? Mm-hmm. Your property manager usually has to kind of sell it, which is um, never so good. And then if it happens to appeal to the renter, they take it. But where I think you're going is, yeah, they pay a monthly fee, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they move out, they typically get a claims bill. And so they're, they're pretty confusing for renters. In fact, there's been, I think, four class action lawsuits in the last year related to some of these products because renters think they're buying insurance. And what they're really getting is a deferral, Correct. right? The landlord's getting insurance, the renter's getting a deferral, and then they get a claims bill and they move out. And in some cases, they're paying more than if they just paid the good old-fashioned security deposit. Interesting. So- our belief is like as much as as much as maybe some of the companies want, like deposits aren't going away. Like clearly, like <laughs> uh, you know, some of these uh, security deposit alternative products have started almost a decade ago, and and the majority of the market is still using good old fashioned meat potato security deposits because they protect an asset, right? They do a good job at protecting an asset for a property, mm-hmm. and they incent the renter to take care of it, right? People know how it works. It's not confusing. Um, so, you know, with that as kind of our thesis, they're not going away. How do we make this a better process for the property and a better better product or situation for the renter? And so that's our approach to the market. So as you're, you're trying to bring this to market, uh, are you seeing the uh, mom and pop uh, landlords who will serve this up as an option to renters? Or is this something that apartment buildings you know, and, and, and large communities are looking at as, hey, we think this is a, a viable solution that we'd like to plug into our stack. Um, the latter, it, it doesn't mean that mom and pops wouldn't want it or use it too. It, um, that's just not where we're, you know, kind of actively servicing today. 
Um, so it tends to be, um, it tends to be properties that realize the benefits of centralizing something like deposit management, because typically it's run, you know, if you have like a 200 unit building, there's one property manager responsible for running it, right? And he or she has a bazillion things to do, 400 renters. And the last thing you really want to do is taking money and dealing with the conflict that comes around security deposits, right? He or she should be focused on like higher value, higher value things to keep residents happy and renewing their lease theoretically. And so if you centralize this, not only can we take it out of the responsibility set, we can automate it, but we can ensure that the property is compliant because every jurisdiction has a different twist of things, you know, that you need notifications, holding interest accruals, payouts, how the details have to be communicated back to the renter and when. And so much like you might outsource your payroll, we've built technology that automates this process, uh, coupled with the financial components of the product. Yeah. And even, um, you know, in some States where, uh, so like I remember my first apartment, I think I did, uh, first months, last months and security deposit. Right. And then when, when I had my first property and I was like, Oh, I think that's just how you do it. And then, uh, someone was like, well, if you collect rent in advance, you have, there's different rules here. It's like, Oh shoot. Right. Uh, maybe I should, I'll just skip that part. <laughs> you or your know? deposit amount differs if you take last month's too. And if it's over 25% of rent, then you have to allow for installment payments. And it's, it's, it's been it's been interesting, right? You know, I feel like I've become a deposit expert now. <laughs> like, ask me a county, I'll tell you what the rules are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I yeah. Well, mm-hmm. now that I have your email for sure that uh, if I ever have any questions, <laughs> I yeah. know who I'm sending yeah. them Shannon to. Shannon at com. There ahead. we go. Yeah. So you know, I know you guys are still pretty early stage. Um, walk me through like like actually how long you've been um, been working on Roost, and then how long has the product been in market? Yeah, it's so funny because I, I had to look up our incorporation date in anticipation of maybe you asking me that today in the call. February 2021 is when we started. Um, so not that long, right? So we um, we 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 kind of futzed around and did a fair amount of research before we actually started the company, I think, as probably all startups do. But um, it took a good amount of time, most of 2021, to build the tech. As I mentioned earlier, it's quite a tech stack, right? If you think about it, you've got you know, different types of deposits, you have ledger, you have interest accrual, you have kind of this loan management type system. Um, And then deposit automation for all of these workflow rules isn't trivial in and of itself. Um, So we got to market um, towards the end of 2021. And have been in market since and actually growing pretty Mm -hmm. quickly now. We have kind of a little lineup of properties, usually 2000 units or more um, that we're rolling out. So it's been good. Wow. And and as you're continuing to grow, what are you seeing that's working best for finding traction, you know, getting in front of these companies that, you know, let's be let's be honest, property managers, real estate agents are getting beat up with tech here, tech there, tool this, tool that, new enterprise thing, new not enterprise better right. than enterprise thing, right? So what are you doing that's enabling you to cut through the noise? and be able to get in front of these owners, uh, operators, and managers to show them the value of using Roost? Yeah. So there's almost two parts to your question. I mean, one, just to pause for a second. I mean, a lot of technologies promise like time savings, but it doesn't necessarily account for the time that somebody has to run it. And when you're back to that one human being managing one property, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, you might be up-leveling what she's doing, which he or she probably really appreciates because a lot of 
property management tasks are kind of a drag, but um, it still isn't necessarily time savings. The thing that's important for us to get across with Roost is that we pop right into their property management system and it's truly hands off for the property manager. Like she basically oh. just has to approve the lease and, you know, at move out, enter in damages like she already does anyhow and everything else runs on its own. So that's one of the critical things we have to get across because a lot of other products will come in and, and have some some exchange of labor where ours is actually a net positive gain of labor, if that makes sense. Um, but then and, I think you might have been asking and, more about sales strategy. Oops, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and sales strategy, and just to pivot real quick. So, but, but to, to differentiate here, because a lot of the payment platforms actually don't send money back both ways. So even right. if they're using a payment processor of some sort with an online, you know, pay your rent online, they actually still have to cut a check for the the security deposit. Sometimes we do too. <laughs> okay, so so. Unfortunately, well, maybe we'll come back to that yeah. here because yeah, I thought okay. I'd heard it goes back both ways and I, I want to get to that. But yeah, the sales, the sales and marketing strategy, like, yeah, how are you cutting through the noise to, to get in front of those, those managers and to, you know, show them the value? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, is it just the plug and play that really is the aha moment? Um, I think that's a piece of it. I think um, other markets have very difficult regulatory requirements and it's hard, right? Um, so de-risking compliance is a big reason. Um, and then properties are looking for, um, innovative improvements to bring to the residents, right. That are a net positive for them. And so, you know, it's kind of that, that three-part value proposition it saves them time. De-risks compliance is really a, a great resident benefit. Um, selling the property, um, you know, having come from tech, um, and, you know, including one of my prior companies was in sales enablement. And I would actually, you know, consult with, you know, fortune 1000 companies on their go to market and, and, you know, sales acceleration strategies. This market's tricky. Like a lot of the typical tactics don't work, right. Cause the buyer's families are, um, pretty tight knit and, you know, your typical lead gen mm -hmm. funnel isn't necessarily the way to go. Um, so we've been adjusting to, you know, look at how other companies have accelerated, um, sales. And, you know, now that we're really getting to market, how do we take some of the best of that to grow quickly? And, and yeah, I, I want to jump back to, I know it was more of a product question, but I'm going to jump back to the return of the security deposit, because especially for communities, this is a bit of a, this constant bottleneck. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think for, we know this because if you've ever talked to a renter, that's where the truth comes out. It took them seven weeks to get my deposit and legally they had three weeks to do it, right? Whatever, whatever your local uh, ordinances are, because uh, they tend to, to vary here. So, and this is also a challenge and because not all payment processing, you know, programs are set up to send money both ways. So while you can accept the deposit online, which is nice and easy, you still now have to go back and cut a check and then manually enter that the deposit has been returned. And there's probably some other accounting that's required to uh, know that the check has been cashed and cleared. And, and then now we're, you know, we're all good here. So where, how does Roost handle all that? And, you know, certainly feel free to go into some of the complications here, because I think all of us that have to return deposits kind of wish, even if you only have one unit, just like, why can't this be simpler? Oh, okay. Um, so the way we approach it is we want to automate as absolutely as much as possible. Um, and so again, it kind of depends on the jurisdiction, but, um, when the 
property manager closes the financial account statement. Um, that automatically triggers the refund. And um, so we're integrated into their systems. And so we're able to basically capture all the charge codes, the itemization, uh, the interest, make that easy to read for the renter. Um, you know, they see it in the app, they get it in email, certain jurisdictions still require first class mail. Um, and then renters have a choice of how they want that money back, right? Do they want it, um, you know, back right to their checking account? Do they want it to uh, their Venmo account? Do they want to check? Uh, you know, we had a renter the other day who um, was 90 and she wanted to check. I'm like, okay, give the lady a check, right? <laughs> like, like it's if she wants a check, she gets a check. And so we have a check system for that. But most people, most renters um, actually want it digitally. And what they really like is that they get it back so fast because as soon as that inspection is, is completed, right, that refund is processed. So that, that can be back in their account next day. And here's, here's the big benefit. Um, if you have a roommate or two and you want it allocated between you, you can do that with Roost as well. Oh, okay. Most properties today write out one check made out to all three of you. And then one of you has to go to the bank, figure out how to cash it and give it to the other two, right? And that's if you're still talking to each other, like not all roommates end happily. <laughs> so um, it's just really easy to be able to say, you know, Nate, if you and I are renting an apartment together and we want 50-50 back on our refund, it just goes, you know, proportionally to either of our accounts. I hear what you're saying in that that I'm a, an above average landlord in that. That's I right. We got 100% of our deposit back. I send checks to everyone, you know, individually instead of telling one person, hey, go split this, you know. I will share this. Uh, when I moved to Bellingham, Washington, the second place that I rented was a, a sublet. Um, but it gets even better because I was actually taking over the lease for someone who was moving out of an actual subleased apartment. Um, so I was like the, the sublet of a sublet. Not even sure I was actually on a real lease. And I said, well, how do I get you the deposit? And they said, oh, well, here's this guy's phone number. Text him um, and you guys can arrange to meet up. And sure enough, it's Friday night. I'm at the bar with all of my coworkers. We're grabbing. You know, we just sat down with pints. It's a you know nice, chill Irish pub. And dude walks in and I'm like, are you Joe? And he goes, you Nate? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, how's it going? And I'm like, I just hand him a wad of cash like 500 bucks for a deposit. He's like, all right, thanks. See you later. And cause it was just on a replacement because no one was telling the landlord. Right. And all of my friends at the table looked at me like what just happened? Cause I, <laughs> they'd only know me for a month, you know, but I mean, this kind of thing isn't that on, it's not as uncommon as we like to believe that crazy transactions are still happening like that in, in real estate. Um, but that one was a, uh, a whole another beast of its own. Did you ever get your 500 bucks back? I, you know what? Oh my goodness. There's just so many stories with that house. I'm going to save them for off okay. the air. Right. You know, <laughs> okay. they're not, they're not all positive. So I learned a lot about being a renter right. and a landlord in that situation. Um, I want to shift to uh, markets, buildings, and even owner profile. Uh, certainly there are, you know, San Francisco gets a, a good reputation for being tech forward. I can tell you here in Rapid City, uh, not so much, right? And, you know, there might be some certain building types that are already adopting like a tenant management system or some sort of like access code system. They've got a great mailroom. And then you've got the old brick apartment building that doesn't even have parking spots outside, let alone a place to receive packages other than the front doorstep. So, 
what is it looking like uh, from a market perspective, building type, and then even owner profile of those who are saying, hey, Roostown's really cool. I want to implement this in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say B and C class primarily. Um, I had uh, uh, actually it was in San Francisco. One of our um, companies said, you know, I can't compete with the fancy gyms and, you know, uh, all the open space balcony views of some of the class A's. Um, I need amenities for my renters, right? And having a modern financial app and that actually shows I'm invested in their well-being is great, right? And so I think we we match really well to that profile of property. And um, typically, it's we also do really well when there are multiple jurisdictions. So you know, oftentimes um, property owners have multiple properties, right? You know. 10,000, 12,000 units or what have you. And they're, they're crossing different jurisdictions where deposit management can be tricky because it's, it's different, right? In each, a little different in each jurisdiction. And because we're able to automate that at scale is really valuable to them as well. Especially when you have such a high turnover of property managers these days, you know, nine months is, you know, people are turning over and given that this is such a sensitive kind of regulated area to have that turnover and that risk in your operation is hard. Why do you think that is? And, and that's something I'm, not, I'm genuinely not even familiar with and hadn't even thought about how that would affect a sales strategy in this particular vertical. I mean, it's um, it's a hard job. I think managing, it's super interrupt driven. It's stressful. It's, you know, kind of bankless on some level. And you have to be really on the ball, I think, a good property manager. And it's not well paid. So, <laughs> hmm, really hard, stressful job doesn't pay well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can, you go get a better job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that all makes sense. Okay. It's now clear as to why that is. Right. <laughs> Thanks. For, very simple and helping me clear that up. Now, I know um, you guys have only had, a, a, you know, a, what, a year, a little bit more than a year to find ways of doing things incorrectly. Can you share any experiments or uh, ideas you had that have already turned out to have been proven wrong? And uh, what were they and what did you learn? Yes, I'm sure there's like a bazillion. I'm blanking on them right now. Um, oh, I know. I got I got one now. Uh, we we knew that some people wouldn't put in their forwarding address, right? You know, because you forget moving stressful. But it's like 80% of people forget to put in their forwarding address. Now, obviously, we're putting in reminders and that sort of thing. And that's for your check or your, you know, whatever, right? And it's such a, like, we did not count on like that being so pervasively missed um, among renters. So it, I think it's just a curious behavior, right? So how can we help people remember on that last step? And people forget to turn in keys and gym cards a lot, right? So uh, I think it's just, just kind of those little insights for like, huh, we didn't know that was going to happen. All right, well, maybe this is an opportunity to really help people. Are those all tied to getting your full security deposit back? Like, does that have yeah. to be cleared by the, the manager in order to get that back? Well, legally, um, most most states require that you mail it to the last forwarding address on file, right? Sure. So if you if you move out and you don't you forget to tell your property manager that you know what your new address is, they just mail it to the last forwarding address, which is mailing it back to their apartment, right? Oh, because then hopefully they did mail forwarding at least, and then it should mail forward. But they just put it in the mail and it oh comes back, goodness. right? So it's kind of, it's just kind of kind of crazy, yeah. So we we didn't we didn't know that was going to happen. Got it. Um, you know, in the last few months, and certainly I'm somewhat dating the episode, but I think it's unavoidable here. You know, there's been significant changes in the cost of capital 
in uh, people looking at multifamily as a space to invest in, rentals as a space. Some are staying as bullish as ever. Uh, others are saying, hey, maybe this might be a time to kind of hang out for a minute uh, and sit on the sides. Do you anticipate that, you know, security deposits are, look, people need a place to live, wherever that may be. And, um, you know, it, it's almost like a requirement. You know, it well, it, in many cases is a requirement in order for someone to rent an apartment. Is that, you know, the condition of the market, if it goes up, it goes down, it maintains flat. Does that change your business? Is there any headwind or tailwind effect to you guys, given uh, some of the uncertainty or dramatic changes we've seen in the financial markets? No, I mean, our business is pretty inflation proof. I mean, in part because the supply and demand ratio right now, you know, of rentals in the United States, there's just way more demand than there is supply, right? Um, and so that's why you also see mm -hmm. rents continuing to go up. I mean, inflation is huge, but rents, the, the inflationary uh, rise on rents has been um, so, so difficult for people. But properties are getting, you know, paying a lot more for things too. So it all just trickles forward. That doesn't really affect us. And, um, you know, it's, it kind of comes in and comes out. If anything, there's, we predict probably even a higher need for our product um, because, you know, a lot of the stimulus money is, is now dried up. Uh, inflation is super high. Wage growth hasn't matched inflation by any stretch. And it's, it's tricky for people. Right. Having that that ability to smooth over cash flow is um, at an all time high. Got it. I, I'm going to move into uh, find a few questions here before we get to the bottom of the show. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit about the market opportunity. Why is now the time to build Roost? Uh, it's a great question. So, um, I mean, from a technology standpoint, the the financial services industry has enough of a platform layer to it that we can build products pretty efficiently. Not everything is from scratch anymore. So that's like this product wouldn't have even really been possible five years ago. So that's the first thing. Um, second is I think there is a real movement among uh, property owners to try and upskill the property manager and outsource the unessentials, right? So how do I upskill that one person, right? And he or she is also thinking, how do I upskill myself? <laughs> um, you know, all my friends have these cool jobs with tech, like, you know. Um, but I think the regulatory tailwinds are also a big factor. Um, there's so much more advo advocation for renters. We see so many new laws passing with how deposits are to be treated, renter protections. And it's a lot harder than it was a decade ago for landlords to manage deposits. Um, and then lastly, there's a real appetite for cash advance apps. Right. I mean, look at look at the, the wage access and all the various products that have come to market in the last five years. Um, and it's because the demand for these products is really high. So it's kind of a combination of those four things. Speaking of cash advance, I mean, maybe this is financial advice. So I'm going to back up and say this is not financial advice, but somewhere along the way. And it's like a little bit of a tangent. Can we convince people that a tax refund is not like a bonus at the end of the year. Is there a way to like, you can get that cash advanced on every paycheck throughout the year? Like, is, can, how do we do that? So it reduces the, the the waiting to the end of the year and then paying TurboTax to give you back your own money. I think, it, or H&R Block, one of them that, you know, when they do that tax advance today, I'm like, guys, you could have had that money like all 52 weeks out of the year. It, it was all there. Yeah, Just, you change your deductions. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one as some people prefer to get it back because they don't necessarily trust themselves that getting that extra 
50 bucks a month is, is going to be meaningful. See, if they put it into Roost instead, there's that interest bearing. Can they put extra into Roost? I hadn't even thought about that until now. Is there like, can, can you, can you pad into your, if you had nowhere else to put cash or savings, could it work like that? Not today, but we do have products coming in the future. Uh, I'm seeing into the future roadmap. I'm going to go ahead and stop right there before I start spoiling the surprise <laughs> for everyone. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, I'm going to jump into for the future. For the future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes in the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Shannon, are you ready to play? Uh, sure. All right. Let's do this. Question number one. What does Roost look like one year from now? Hmm. Uh, Roost is operating in 12 different markets. We have at least 400,000 units under management, and we have our second financial product in the market. All right. Question number two, what year will it be when 50% of multifamily operators offer a deposit alternative product similar to or exact to Roost? Well, we don't like to think of ourselves as a deposit alternative. We're just like doing deposits the good old fashioned way, but in an automated fashion. Um, but I, it's a big market out there. I mean, what there's 110 million renters, 44 million rental units. So 50%, I don't know. That's a long time away. I, I'd be pretty happy with 5%, honestly. <laughs> All right. So we'll be five, we'll get 5% within the next couple of years. And that's, you know, that's already, that would be already 3 million. And if you look at some of the competitors in the market that have been in the market for almost 10 years, I think they have like two or 3 million units. And that's units, not, not dollars in deposits. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the largest player in the space right now only has 2 million units. Oh my goodness. It's just a big market. Question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? I think rents are going to keep going up. I don't know if that's so much of an industry trend, but I wish they wouldn't. Because I think people are really having a tough time with it. And last uh, for for the future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Oh, Ooh, I hate to say it, but potentially someday maybe the property manager or he or she will be a different type of role because I think more of the kind of the manual redundant processes can be automated. And we already see some properties moving to like kind of a kiosk type format. I think that the concierge service nature of that role is super important, but the role yeah. probably as we know it, otherwise um, will slowly get automated. We're going to move into the bottom three here. Shannon, these last three are questions about you so that our listeners get to know you better. First one here is what are you reading? I saw that on here. I'm reading Fit CEO, which is like, it's okay. A friend of mine wrote that book, but it's, you know, mentally strong, physically strong, all of that. Um, and then the other book I happen to have on my desk right now is Blitz Scaling. I don't know if you've read that one. It's a pretty good book. Oh, man. We can debate this one all day. If you've listened to past episodes, you may have heard me say, there's just no way I don't have the stomach for it. Uh, Blitz Scaling <laughs> is sitting over here. Um, I got about 20% in and was just like, this is scary. They're giving me ideas. Um, I think this is why <laughs> this might be why I've been at two Midwestern startups because um, oh. the the um, the tactics for growth and and leverage of cash is a little bit different. But it can that be a little one, counterintuitive. Yeah. 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 Let me know what you conclude on on that one and if if I should pick it back up. But I I didn't go down that path. Okay. Well, it, it might not be your thing, right? It's probably not the type of business you're. Wanting to build. Something. It might not be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one day. Question number two, who are you learning from? 
Uh, my customers, my team, uh, some of our board advisors. I don't know. You know, almost everyone. My kids. Like I don't know because that that might not be the answer that you're looking for, but I think almost everything and everyone is a learning opportunity. That's a great answer. And last one here. What inspires you? I am so inspired by the prospect of helping millions of Americans, right? If we can help them save, you know, financial health network says if you get behind on late fees, it'll cost you as much as six, $700 a year. Right. Cause that just kind of keeps, mm-hmm. you know, rolling through, like to be able to help people with that and give them that financial stability that they can, you know, start thinking about savings or like what that next step is to get ahead. That inspires me. That's why I get out of bed every day. I love it. Before I get to the very final closing of this episode, I it just dawned on me that I hadn't asked you what is behind the name. So this is kind of bonus question. What is behind the name Roost? Oh, well, I have this great co-founder Val, who is a brilliant marketer. Um, and Roost is really about creating a home and a safe place and what you make of it, right? So we want to help everyone have a very happy home. I love it. Shannon, thank you so much for your time and uh, in putting up with some of the banter <laughs> from my end. Uh, yeah, but, I like it. <laughs> uh, this was really great. And I think that there was, um, you know, on the surface, I think people might kind of think that security deposits may be boring or isn't all that exciting. But genuinely, I think as people listen to this, I hope that their minds have been changed because there's a lot to go into this and there's still a lot of improvements into the renting experience that is related to the security deposit. Before we close out, for those who want to get in touch with you or learn more about Roost, where do they go and how do they do that? Uh, Go to the Roost website. It's joinroost.com. And um, my email is just my first name at joinroost.com. I'd love to love to hear from you. There it is. All right. We're going to put the links also in the show notes and descriptions. Uh, but until then, we'll see you later. Well, thanks for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. You can always get future episodes delivered to you directly by subscribing to the podcast in your favorite app store. You can also join the newsletter. Head over to technest.io or finledger.com slash newsletters to get all future episodes, updates, and more sent to you right into your inbox. Last but not least, we appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us a rating and review in your app store. This helps others discover the podcast and know that it's a great, worthy listen. We'll see you next week.